1: Welcome to my 388th ever show of all-around sports. Each Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at which comes to me through my website at one word As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, our strange new world continues with the COVID-19 quarantining and Self distancing uh, obviously moves right into the world of sports, uh, which comes to my highlight of the week, which was the continued creativity of uh, both the sports themselves, the powers that be, as well as television, uh, highlighted by yesterday's Masters final replay from when Tiger. Won it last year. Uh, And most importantly, it had Tiger watching with Jim Nance on CBS. uh, Giving his commentary current from yesterday. Uh, And it was just great. It was like, seemed like almost the real deal. Of course, sad to say that the real Masters was going to be played yesterday. That's when it was scheduled, Easter Sunday. And... Uh, Obviously, that didn't happen. It has been rescheduled for mid-November. We'll see what develops there. But uh, nice to have it hanging out there. But in the meantime, uh, you know, CBS is very lucky in that uh, yesterday, last year's Masters shown yesterday was so memorable. Uh, Tiger completing one of the great comebacks in sports history, I think we all know the story, but, uh, you know, just to have Tiger uh, explaining every shot. And he went into great detail yesterday. He really did. Looks like he's growing a beard, by the way. Um, But, yeah, to have him, uh, you know, give him give us his thinking as to every shot uh, and he, I will say he, he speaks a language all his own, uh, a golf language, shall we say. And, uh, has all kinds of cool different phrases for various aspects of golf. Um, and so it was really fun to listen to him. And of course, Jim Nance was just fabulous. They had great, uh, just great conversation, uh, throughout and, uh, it really made it fun. Again, it ran pretty much like. The Masters would, if it would have been live, i.e., I think it was noon to like six six thirty p.m. whatever uh, Eastern Time, so everything was just kind of uh, like a normal Masters Sunday, except of course we knew the outcome. Uh, So that was the one uh, difference uh, from live, but hey, these days we'll take anything we want. Uh, You know, the Masters is one of those things we look forward to every year. Uh, a tradition unlike any other uh, last year's meaningful to me in that I was there uh, on Wednesday in Augusta on the course for the uh, for the par three uh, tournament which held Wednesday afternoon uh, and it was just fabulous I ended up of course Following Tiger around uh, on his practice round uh, late morning that Wednesday, uh, there was already a lot of excitement just the fact he was there because uh, given the recent injury history, there was never a guarantee that not only that he would be there, but no, but more importantly, that he would just complete the tournament or complete any given round. That's where we kind of found ourselves at at least a few years ago, but once he uh, won a when the tournament down in East Lake the previous September uh you know 2019 went pretty well i did read a comment where he said he would have been ready for this particular masters had it been held um so yeah i have to think that tiger in particular is you know it's benefiting from this break uh he's just hopefully getting healthier and healthier and uh So I just thought, again, it was as good as it could be yesterday. It felt, you know, the timeline was very similar to what the final's like all afternoon into the early evening. Uh, Totally appointment television, even uh, every year. Uh, Even when it falls on an Easter Sunday and it's a year old, it was still, uh, you know, pretty enjoyable. And I thought CBS just did a wonderful job by having Tiger on really... Uh, talking about every important shot uh, that he, uh, you know, that he made that day—good, uh, bad, and indifferent. Talking about the shots made by competitors, so it was great. Uh, again, uh, we'll take what we can get in this uh, climate, and that's uh, about as good as we could do. Plus, it was ESPN was running. Uh, tournaments you know pretty much all week long so it really uh just really felt like uh as close as you can get to a master's week considering none of it was live but espn again pretty much on the same time timeline starting at like three o'clock uh you know similar to what the coverage is like in a typical master's live year so uh what can you say all the things that you can just the uh, there's nothing much better or more scenic or a better bow than just having the masters on. Uh, soothing, shall we say, and I think it's something we can all use in this days of uh, self-quarantining. Um and, and sports leagues television. Play. Up or have teamed up to uh, you Native know, NBA uh, did a horse competition. People shooting around in the driveway and what, which is always fun. Hoop in my driveway growing up, and daytime since, and it's always fun to just shoot around. So uh, that was interesting to watch. And then still playing. is of horrible events, uh, which have been plenty. For Fox ran the soccer game of the World Series to break the curse in 2004 with uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. That was kind of fun to tune into, especially at the end. I uh, talk about remembering the good old days. And then locally up here in Boston, they've been running every game, basically from 2011 when the Bruins ended up winning the Stanley Cup. But then today ran actually winning the Bruins. Broke their own little curse and won their first cup since the early 70s. And, uh, it's fun to uh, be able to take those walks down Memory Lane. Uh, again, we'll just take what we can get, um, which uh, doesn't even begin to replace live television. I mean, the essence of sports is one very simple thing. You don't know the ending, Period. I've said often in the past that's the difference between going to a sport event and, for instance, a Broadway show. As good as a Broadway show is, and I, you know, the ending for the most part. Certainly, uh, if you see it more than once, and uh, but not so in sports, which is the essence of sport. I mean, pandemic is having on society worldwide, of course, and sports in particular. I've obviously touched on a lot, but we're starting to move into. More and more conversation about uh, football, college, and pro NFL. Will it be back in September? Um, obviously, way, way, way too early to tell. But the conversation seems to be on the table uh, as we move, as we here, we are in mid-April, hearing lots of interesting proposals and whatnot. Um, so we shall see. But again, Topic is on the table. One thing we do know, and that AP Stedham and I will be discussing in a few minutes when he joins us for the rest of the show, will be, of course, the uh, NFL's virtual draft coming up, thank goodness, next week. Uh, So we're all looking forward to that. Uh, That will be live and it's meaningful and it always generates a tremendous amount of discussion and never. More so because there's just not a lot of competition out there for uh, for discussion, shall we say. And uh, my bizarre story of the week is Tom Brady having moved in down to uh, Tampa. Uh, he lives literally, had lived uh, less than a half an hour from where I live and am broadcasting right now. Uh, and... You know, he's, uh, as we all know by now, has renting Derek Jeter's house on Davis Island, which is basically within walking distance of uh, downtown Tampa, the convention center area. For anybody who's familiar, Amelie Arena, where the lightning play. So, yeah, so he's there. I hear uh, he made a comment or so about uh, it's a different type uh, from where he lived up here, which was... Uh, Let's just say you couldn't see his house from the road, Um, and uh, there the houses are just built real close to the road, as well as you can pull up on a boat to see the back of Brady's house. So, uh, I think Tom's gotten a little used to the privacy. The whole thing that Brady no longer plays for the Patriots and no longer lives literally right down the road is uh, bizarre me and every other new england fan up here so but uh it's an overwhelming uh sentiment up here that everybody is rooting for him and wishing him the best so uh speaking of the best why don't we take our break now and next up will be our weekly call-in expert ap stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers alabama football and many other sports as well so don't go anywhere
2: Become our friend
3: on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward
2: slash Voice America.
3: Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
2: Hey, good morning, John. Uh, So glad to be here. Doing fine. Hope you all had a nice Easter.
1: We did have a very nice Easter, a little different uh, than usual. Uh, Thank goodness that CBS did a great job running the Masters all afternoon and early evening long, just like it would have been live, so to speak, same time, shall we say. But, uh, you know, they were, you know, they reran last year's Masters, which, of course, was epic with Tiger completing his comeback. And they had Tiger on live yesterday with Jim Nance throughout the day uh, discussing each and every shot of, of note from the tournament. And it's always fun to listen to Tiger talk golf because he kind of talks his own language. He has different <laughs> words than most of us <laughs> use for, you know. So I, I really found it quite enjoyable uh, mm. and, you know, just nice background uh yeah, you know, just nice visuals and soothing, shall we say? So, yeah. so yeah, it, it was uh, again, you know, just a nice little side light to have on in the background on an Easter Sunday. So, an AP they say timing is everything, and right now, Nick Saban is on live on Sports Center, just discussing the general state of affairs. Uh, obviously, there's no spring football being played. I had noticed I had made a note in my calendar for this Saturday coming up that it would have been the blue-white spring game, which is Penn State's annual spring game. They don't quite get for a spring game what Alabama gets AP. They, I, I've seen it 50,000, 60,000 for a Penn State blue-white spring game. But you guys have gotten as many as 100,000 for your spring game, right?
2: It sure has. I mean, I think a number of times actually, John. So uh, this year was going to be slightly different because they were renovating the stadium, adding on and subtracting, and uh, it was going to be in the neighborhood of 30 to 35 if all participants showed up that day.
1: Really? So they're renovating the stadium? I didn't know that. Uh, Is it still going to be generally the same capacity, which if I'm not mistaken is right around that 100 mark?
2: They're taking it down. I think it's in the neighborhood of eight to 9,000, John. Kidding. And in, in putting, in, putting more sweets in. Yes. More dollars and cents. More wow. cents and dollars.
1: Correct. It is all about the sweets these days. You know, I always look at uh, uh, the new Niners Stadium out there in uh, California in the Bay Area, and boy, it looks like they practically have a skyscraper worth full of suites on that one side of the stadium. It's just like a massive building straight up with, like, rows and rows (laughs) and decks and decks of suites. And I remember when I first saw that, I said, oh, that's the coming thing. So then would it be safe to say, AP, that next year Alabama capacity crowds are going to be in the 90s as opposed to 100?
2: Yes, yes, that should be um – the number um i think they're still working on that stadium even though we have this shutdown.
1: yeah interesting you would say that uh you know reality goes on uh, you know I, I was just uh yeah i've noticed that construction is still occurring in various spots and i'm not talking major construction i haven't been into boston for a couple of weeks for obvious reasons <laughs> and uh But, you know, Mm -hmm. just local, uh, you you know, house construction, that type of thing. Um, I know that was a a bit of a hot button topic. But anyway, we digress. Um, Saban continues to be on. He has a nice looking office, by the way. He's live. But he's really talking, you know, uh, uh, just a wide range of things, including the draft. Of course, they're talking about Tua AP. So I think Tua would be a great spot to start. The draft, the NFL draft, is going to be next Thursday night, I believe, it's going to start. So that would be uh, Thursday. 23rd of April. 23rd of April. I'm guessing something that sounds like 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Yes. And boy, is that going to be welcome, huh, AP?
2: That's going to have ratings that have been unforeseen. Absolutely. In the history of that that event, I, I would think. No
1: question. I would think, too. Not only do you have it as basically the only live event of <laughs> what feels like recent memory, for lack of a better way of saying it, you have the curiosity factor of the fact that it's going to be virtual. Uh, the NFL does things right. They know how to do stuff like this. They just Well, nobody knows how to do stuff like this because like, nobody's ever really done it before. So, But if anybody right, can get right. it right, if anybody can get it right, It'll be the NFL, and I expect you know. Yeah, I expect it to really be fun to watch. It's going to stretch out over three, four days. Uh, again, it's just like you know, uh, you know, a jug of water to a man in the desert. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just what we all need. You know, just right.
0: we're so thirsty, yeah. so Thank thirsty
1: you. for sports. To continue the pun, uh, just thirsty for sports. And we're finally going to get something real and meaningful and live and uh, and and unique. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think it's much of a limb. It's going to be innovative. Or you know, you know, the NFL is going to do things that will be, I believe, getting our attention. You know, right now, I know it appears like all the the appointed picker, I guess, would be <laughs> will be in their house is what it appears to be, whether it's a GM or a coach making the pick, obviously they'll be in touch I would assume able to be in touch with all their teams uh, personnel that they would need to interact with during draft night but, you know which on the surface may seem like a little bland, I'm not sure exactly where the commissioner's going to be Roger Goodell Um, but I'm sure that, I'm sure they'll, you know, make it as good as it can be. So I think it's going to be, again, unique to watch. That's a guarantee right there because it's the first ever. It's going to be like the 1960s <laughs> that we see, you know.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. John, uh, the commissioner will be in the basement of his Westchester house making the selections. Oh, he
1: will. Thank you. I wasn't sure about that. OK, I missed that. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Um yeah, a lot of us in the basement and the gattics these days. Tony Kornizer's been in the attic for a couple of weeks doing part <laughs> of the interruption. And, uh, and yeah, so it makes perfect sense. Um, I was actually in a golf tournament in uh, Westchester where in the town where Roger Goodell lives so, a number of years ago. So nice area, as you could, would well expect. So, yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh, I think it's just going to be really uh, fun to watch. You, you know, I think they'll make it fun. You know, I can't help but think of, you know, we all see the old films from time to time as a Steelers guy growing up in Western PA. I can remember where, like, you know, Pete Rosell was writing, like, Mean Joe Green's name on, you know, on like a, you know, just a big piece of paper, <laughs> you know, and everybody's in there in black and white. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's how the draft used to be conducted, and I think it's, I, I would not be surprised if the NFL spent a fair amount of time looking at some of those old clips to see exactly how it was done in the days of Pete Rozelle in the 1960s, and I think they used to hold it in a ballroom in New York City Hotel, if I'm not mistaken.
2: That's what I recall, John, myself, and, you know, John, some of these coaches and scouts and general managers, they have to get a landline to just have a nice backup.
1: Right. Yes. Good point. You know, and, and it's funny, I don't even use it anymore, but I do have, I, I've clung to one landline, uh, but I just rarely use it maybe for, you, you, just for conference calls, that type of thing, for guaranteed, uh, no static. But yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 I can appreciate where, uh, number one, they wouldn't have landlines, a lot of them, and now they've got to get one um but yeah uh you need it no question about it you know cell phones we love them they're the most important piece of technology i think in all of our lives um but you know they can have their issues as we all know quite well right
2: yeah that's absolutely so I read that story about some of the coaches and general managers and scouts making sure they have a landline uh, just okay. to supersede the cell phone or the computer or the Internet not working properly on, on that night.
1: Wow. Uh, that makes sense. And I had, you know, heard about some issues last week where, you know, just, you know, IT, the movement of IT people to get and make sure everybody was set up at their house uh you know was a little uncomfortable both on both sides the it people going in and the people whose house they were going into for again for obvious reasons we all get it social distancing and whatnot and uh but uh you know i'm sure they worked it all out and everybody's going to be up and running 10 days from now so it is it's really going to be uh unique i mean it's like i'm projecting ahead i i I think there's going to be uh almost a Super Bowl number. I mean, anybody who has any, any interest in sports AP, you just know that at eight PM Eastern or you know, next next Thursday night, ten days from now, you're gonna be in front of your television with like a genuine, real sense of anticipation, like because you don't know exactly what you're gonna see, which is kinda of cool.
2: Right, right. It's a brand new event the methodology the process so people are intrigued and then they want to of course see their favorite hometown hero what's the new team where they can watch them and if it's coming to their hometown and their team so oh yeah like I said I'd be interested in not only in what's happening that evening but then historical data of, of how many people watched
1: right exactly Oh, it's going to be historic. It's just no question in my, num- in my mind. I mean, I won't go out on the limb and say it's going to be a Super Bowl number by any means, but, you know, it's going to be a really, really big number, I believe, uh, shattering any previous draft number. And by the way, AP, now's as good a time as any to just say, you know, that's where you and I met uh, years ago right. at the NFL <laughs> draft at Radio City Music Hall. I remember it like it was yesterday on the red carpet. On literally Sixth Avenue, right at the corner of Sixth Avenue, and I believe it's 49th, 50th, 51st, whatever. And the NFL right. had the red carpet on Sixth Avenue, and you and I were just doing what we do, which is, you know, with the rest of the media uh, at a kind of a corner. We were literally, literally on the street corner, one of the more famous street corners in the world, Sixth <laughs> Avenue <laughs> and the cross street for Radio City, and You know, watching all the players come in and doing interviews and dressed very, very fashionably. And so, yeah, so that's where we met. So I covered a couple of them. You have too. You probably covered maybe a few more than a couple and a lot of energy. I mean, that part will be missed because that was really, really awesome, especially being held in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, So, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what year it was, AP, but it was a while back, so we've known each other ever since, and you've been doing the show with me for many years as a result of that, so uh, fond memories of the NFL draft for both of us, I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah, it sure was, Dan. I remember that, like it was yesterday, as you said, and I miss that part of it being there and the excitement and seeing all the people from around the country, media people and uh, others involved with the draft and so, and plus it was going to be in Las Vegas, John, the very first time. Correct. Uh, so that, that would have been a spectacle. And so do I, maybe that's pushback. Maybe next year they hold it there.
1: Yeah, I, I would hope that's how they do it. And, and in fact, I would hope whenever possible that every event that has been postponed this year that's planned to be held next year would be at the venue that was planned for this year. But that's a different story for a different day. Um, But yeah, AP, you were actually going to be in Vegas. Last year, I was in Nashville, and I stayed there because I went up to the Kentucky Derby in May, but that was just a couple weeks after the draft. And as I walked up and down the streets of Nashville, particularly Broadway, I mean, all I could think about was what had been two or three weeks earlier, which was one of the great visuals in draft history, which is obviously, you know, I think it was the number 600,000 people just... Filling the streets from the end of the street and the Broadway the whole way back to Bridgestone Arena as I remember.
2: Yeah, that was a a, a nice venue. I really enjoyed it there, John at the the Bridgestone Arena and um, yeah, of course Broadway was filled to capacity and they had a lot of people in and around them, you know, in and around the Bridgestone Arena. But uh, I think it was I forget where it was the exact name of the venue. Oh, well, for us, John, what they did was they made a tent right along the river, a media tent. It was huge. they served us food and for all the people. So, yeah, it was great to to be there along the river.
1: And right behind you, if I remember the geography, and I I certainly do, there's the river right behind you, but right across the river is the Titan Stadium. Like, you can walk over a bridge from downtown Nashville, and you're right at uh, the Titan Stadium, correct?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, so right that there. was uh, an interesting vantage point as well, yes.
1: Exactly. I'm sure when you were in the tent, you were able to just look right across the river at the Titan Stadium. So I know we were right down there, AP, right at the end of that street where you would have been. Uh, well, AP, we've quickly gone through our ver- first segment. We haven't as much as even referenced a pick or a set of college players' name other than Tua. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so we do want to get who, who is definitely the most talked about prospect obviously but we do want to uh talk some players and uh who appears to be some of the top picks Uh, a lot of them as always coming from alabama so why don't we take our break i know you'll be sticking around uh for the next two segments through the rest of the show and we'll get to some uh college football player talk on the other side of this break
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television?
2: Let us surprise you.
3: Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. talk show, The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety
3: Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to Segment 3 of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent last segment talking about the draft in an overall sense, how unique it's going to be, the virtual NFL draft coming up a week from Thursday, uh, April 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But we hardly even talked to any players, and you cover Alabama and have for years. And Tua is really the most talked about player in the draft. Uh and there's a whole lot of other Alabama players will be drafted, which has become the norm in recent years. Uh, but to AP, it's uh, uh, quite the uh, quite the conundrum, I'm guessing, for these teams. He's just fabulous. He's beloved in Alabama. He's a great leader and a great, great quarterback. Yet, he has an injury history that clearly has to be making some people nervous. Uh, it's all over the board, AP. I'm hearing everything from number three to... So the third round and everywhere in between.
2: Yeah, John, the question is not his production or his passing ability, leadership, all those skills that you mentioned in your statement, but his health. I mean, he made those videos so they could see him move around. It was not to see if he can complete a pass with wearing shorts and have the receivers out there and with no defenders. It was to watch him move around. And, of course, he looks healthy. But can he take the pounding? And football is a collision sport, John, as we we know – and you're just going to have to, you know, take a chance and and roll the dice. Uh, You know, that's the way I see it. I mean, you have to trust your doctors. You have to trust the people that you talk to in the medical field. Then it's just a a matter of what is your level of risk? Uh, Do you have a team that desperately needs a quarterback, and if this goes south and you're in a real bind, you have a a second-string quarterback that can – is capable to getting you to the playoffs because that's what this is. This is a playoff sport. Uh, So I don't know what these teams have in mind, and that's what makes the world go round. People have opinions. but Tua, I mean, he's going to work hard to play the professional sports, to play professional football. That's been his dream. And some people, John, uh, no matter how much money you give them, it always comes down to did they give it to the right person. Correct. You know, Larry Bird, you'd get, you'd give him every dime you you had in your pocket. Michael Jordan, uh, you know, Dan Marino and, you know, other people we can mention. Some people, you wouldn't loan them 10 cents.
1: That's it, you, AP. This well is, said. This is,
2: you know, this is what you must have made up in your mind on the day of the draft. There can't be any hesitation.
1: Correct. You have 15 minutes on day one and five minutes by the time you get to the later rounds. So yeah, you you need to have a game plan as uh, as they do, but that's what they do for a living. So they all will. I mean, yeah. clearly the the most intriguing part of Tua is you know a lot of chatter about the Redskins taking him at number three. They of course last year drafted Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State had a very very productive uh, career at Ohio State. So yeah, it's uh you know that that's. Kind of the biggie, but for them to make that move, uh, that would be a bold move. But uh, if there's one team that nobody can predict what they're going to do, I think it would have to be the Redskins. Uh, And they have a brand new coach in Ron Rivera, right?
2: Yes, Ron Rivera and John, I'm not sure about their scouting department, who are the people on their staff. But if you trusted them to take two of this, this is the same staff that took the Ohio State quarterback last year. So, Correct. I mean, I guess you could be right. Every once in a while, I mean, so you know, if you 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 uh, traded Haskins or relegated him to the second string or something, and you you you're depending on two to be your quarterback in the future, you know, that's a pretty big mistake. Last year, to take a quarterback number one, and then you're in the same position this year. I mean, Absolutely. that's that's stating that. You that, and that's stating that you don't believe the new coaching staff could even do anything with this quarterback that we drafted last year, number one. Now that's another. Uh, uh, I mean, you have a quarterback that you thought was should be drafted number one, and you have a new coaching staff, and they don't believe they can do anything with him.
1: Exactly. Yes. No. They're, they're, right. You know, it, it gets. You know, it gets run Rivera and zero Velo. Yeah. There you go. Right. It instantly gets Ron Rivera, the new coach, off to a rocky start with any of the holdovers from the previous regime that might have had anything to do with that decision. So there's a whole lot of ways to play it. Um, but, you know, the one consensus seems to be, of course, it is going to be Joe Burrow won one by the Cincinnati Bengals. He grew up two hours away from there. Uh, so he's like a hometown boy. The Bengals, say what you will, they've had had some great quarterbacks in their past, namely Kenny Anderson and uh, Boomer Esiason and Carson Palmer until he got hurt. So Carson Palmer was a great draft pick at the time. But, again, we've had this discussion. Now we're 10 days away. It's getting more real. They have to, have to pick Joe Burrow. I just don't think there's any question about it. I think there'll be a, a Bengal fan revolution if they don't pick him. Like, he just is
2: too, yeah, I think so a too. storybook. I think so, too, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. And then I, I, I seem to be thinking, you know, I, I think it's probably going to be Chase Young second. Um, More than likely, I mean, the just ferocious, athletic uh Defensive end slash linebacker slash you name it (laughs) from Ohio State. A game wrecker. Right. That would be the best title for him. Game wrecker.
2: Probably tied in on the the goal line. Correct. Yeah, there you go. He's that athletic. He's that athletic, right? Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it was just at a point where, you know, by the time you got to the end of last year, you simply had to – account for him, even I as like, you know, just remember the week leading up to the Penn State, Ohio State game when Penn State, you know, one of the more competitive teams on their, on Ohio State schedule, of course, obviously, and uh, yeah, I mean, whatever thought whenever, you know, I had going into that game that week was all about how are they going to stop Chase Young, that's where he had gotten by the end of last year. So again, game wrecker is really the 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 only term I can think of.
2: Oh yeah, those that's a high commodity uh, value type player because you know you're looking for people who can affect the quarterback, people that can block for the quarterback, uh, people that can cover the receivers the quarterback's throwing to, and you're, of course the quarterback is the number one position. But those are the 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 top positions for me when I'm looking at a draft, cover corner. Um, defensive end, outside linebackers that can pressure the quarterback and the left tackle primarily uh, because most quarterbacks are right-handed.
1: That is it. Yep. Shut down corner, pass rusher, left tackle to protect the blind side. Just that simple. Um, Or in Tua's case, a right tackle, right? (laughs) Correct? (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Right, right. Since he's a lefty.
2: That's correct. forget that. Right. No, that's, that's right. And, and going back to Tua, just Tua, just a moment, John. Every team has to be par- be prepared to make that decision because what if he falls in your lap?
1: Correct. That's it, boy. You may have, i.e., there could be an assumption maybe, for instance, the Redskins are going to take him at three or that could, you know, be attached to any team as they move through the draft. So the Redskins don't take him and he's available. Then every team potentially thereafter is like faced with that, tantalizing opportunity and that is the word tantalizing um Mm -hmm. massive risk but uh yeah so it's really going to spice up the draft no doubt about it uh and you know speaking of two ap i mean alabama has just this fabulous receiving core uh you know it's henry ruggs jerry judy where do you who do you think might be the first receiver taken off the board? They each bring a lot to the table, but each has their own certain set of skills as well.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, Jerry Judy, terrific ball player, Bolitnikoff award winner uh, the prior year, and he's when he came up from South Florida, and Calvin Ridley was already on campus. When they would stand together, one wore number three and Jerry Ward, uh, Calvin Ward number three, Jerry Ward number four, you'd see them stand together like they were twins and they were, you know, so difficult to guard. But Jerry Judy, he could uh, change directions uh, so easily, and he, his routes are outstanding, uh, good hands. You know, he's slight of frame, but I think you have like a model with Calvin Ridley, because Calvin's not very big as well. As I said, they're very similar physically. So, the uh, if I had to make a choice, you know, it wouldn't be that hard. I If you said, give me Henry Ruggs, who's lightning fast, I mean, that 4-2 speed. And so, another thing about Henry, you know, he was a basketball player, John.
0: Really? So okay. like
2: yeah, I like that fact that he played basketball as well. I don't know if Jerry did. He might have played some basketball as well. But Henry was a very good basketball player. And he has all those moves to go along with that speed. He's just not a straight-ahead player like. Remember Bob Hayes bringing back a name from uh, the past. Right. Uh, you know, Bob was a good straight-ahead. He wasn't much for uh, being elusive. He just run by you prim- uh, primarily. World's that fastest. Was his, his, yeah, world class, fastest man in the world, fastest human but, at the time. But, right, but Henry played basketball. He yeah. has some moves, and he can run by you as well. And he's so productive. I mean, his first, I think, six passes at Alabama, he was six for six with touchdowns.
1: Wow! And
2: uh, yeah, and then he ended up Amazing. having, um, yeah, uh, the, that trio of receivers at Alabama, Devontae Smith. He chose to remain. They all ended up having, uh, in the, I think, one was sli- I think Devonte slightly behind the other two, but they all ended up within the twenties or Henry, maybe Henry had eighteen career touchdowns. I mean. The record for the Southeast Conference is 31 by Amara Cooper, and I think uh, Chris Dorey of Florida. But, I mean, all at one time, they had 18 and 20-something touchdowns, all three of them, on the same team. Right. And, and they were all uh, – all came in together as freshmen. And th- that happened because of Tua the last couple of years. he was able to get the ball to everybody. Right. And they played with Jalen Hurts the, the one year, and um, – uh like Jerry was the Jerry was the MVP of the A Day game before he even played a game at Alabama. That's the the Red and White game they play in the spring. Yes. I mean that, that's um, pretty impressive.
1: Very impressive. Um Yeah, so I just want to be sure I have all this straight. There's three receivers. Um available, correct, just, expected just, to be drafted high, correct, this, or two?
2: Yeah, yeah just, just two in the draft. Yeah, Devontae's coming back. Devonte Smith is coming back, but they were all okay. uh, juniors. all came in as freshmen the same year, but just two of them are coming out after their junior year, Henry Ruggs III and uh, Jerry Judy.
1: Okay, and AP, who was the receiver who just had a career day? We could almost call it a career year uh, in that game against Alabama. Uh, um, or against Auburn. Excuse me. You,
2: Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that was the yeah, yeah, John. That was the fourth receiver who was a sophomore, Jalen um, Waddle.
0: Jalen Waddle.
2: I think he had the four touchdowns. Yeah, he, he was unbelievable. Right. He could return the punts, the kickoffs, catch the ball, and um, going back to Henry Ruggs the third, John. I was there the day he signed to play at Alabama. I, of all the players I can select to be at their signing, I was there when Henry signed that day in Montgomery, Alabama.
1: Wow. Um, that's great timing because he is just, uh, a superior player, uh, as is Jerry Judy. They're just both, uh, you know, and they were great. And then Tua made him even greater, I think, because of his ability, like you said, oh, yes. to distribute the ball. Did, didn't you, didn't you have a phrase for him, like chemistry professor or something like that? Like, cause he yeah, yeah, creates the pr- good yeah, chemistry. Yeah, professor
2: of chemistry. That's it. Yeah. The professor of chemistry. He makes that's everybody it. happy.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, other Alabama players. You have Tua. You have the two receivers. Yeah. Who, who, right. who else? Uh... in
2: the big, offensive, the big offensive tackle, Jedrick Wills. Uh, and Jedrick Wills played right tackle at Alabama. And I think some teams really rate him pretty high. They think he can play left tackle as well. Okay. So, so that's pretty impressive. And, and then you have Xavier McKinney, a safety, uh, maybe, maybe in the second round. Trayvon Diggs is a quarter, uh, the cornerback. Um, I don't know if he's going to make the first round. Terrell Lewis is an outside linebacker. So those are some of the players that they think have a chance to go in the first round, early second. And then, you know, and then there's players like Raquan Davis, a big defensive lineman and Anthony Jennings, he's a uh, linebacker. Those, All those players that I mentioned, uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them I think will go in the third round or better.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably four to
2: six in the first round. You know, probably four to six in the first round, John. I'm sorry.
1: All right. Yes, uh... No, some serious talent. Um another player by the way who's getting a lot of uh you know a lot of chatter is Justin Justin Herbert from Oregon. He played well yes. in like college all-star games, played well f- throughout his career. And then we're hearing a lot really about uh, is it Jordan Love from Utah?
2: Jordan Love from J- Utah is like the wild card. Right, People Wild are card. are not, you know, the, the split room on, on Jordan Love. Wow. He was here at the Senior Bowl. A lot of athletic ability, you know, but from my money, I'm looking at the quarterback that has a history of accuracy. That, that's mm-hmm. got to be up there, John, for me. Right. No doubt about it. And, no doubt and, about and, it. And, 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 yeah, unless you have a team that you believe, plays really good defense and you could afford some missed throws on first and second down. You're hoping that the third down is a completed pass.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and by the way, I just want to make a correction here. I think I had referred to the Redskins having the number three pick. They have the number two pick. And
2: number two.
1: So, number two, not three. The Lions have number three. Mm-hmm. So, on the assumption Lions Joe Burrow right, is number yeah. one, then the Redskins are going to have to face that decision. Right off the bat. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be crazy, uh, you know, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, I'll tell you, when I think back to last year, of all the players I watched, maybe the one who really grabbed me, and you'll know who it is immediately, the Clemson player who I said, boy, I can't wait to see this." what this guy does in the NFL, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. He looks like the prototypical right. NFL player, doesn't he? He can do it all. He basically yeah, can be a defensive lineman or a cornerback, for gosh sakes.
2: Yeah, He's, he's tall and athletic and versatile, yeah. So uh, I was reading something, uh, some story or headline said they weren't sure what they were going to do with him. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I, I think I can find a spot for him on my football team.
1: I would just put him out there on the defense and say, uh, wreak havoc. Not unlike Chase Young. He's a little more, you know, let's just say the chances are greater you're going to find him in the defensive backfield making an interception than Chase Young. But uh, other than that, he he is the other game wrecker that I see. Um, And, AP, before I forget, we're in our final minute. Hard to believe. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, this Sunday – We have The Last Dance debuting on ESPN at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which is, of course, the 10-piece documentary on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls era when he won six championships. So something to look forward to for Sunday night, folks. Uh, AP, that should be a good one. You can't get enough of MJ all these years later, actually.
2: Yeah, it's quite a production, I've heard.
1: As have I. As have I. So... uh, That will be Appointment Television on Sunday night before Appointment Television when the draft starts a week from Thursday, April 23rd. And, AP, thank you so much for calling in, uh, and we'll look forward to doing it again uh, next week. Much appreciated.
2: Thank you, John. My pleasure.
1: Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.